to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All-Access. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All-Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, alongside Lavas, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, good evening. How are you doing? Johnny, I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, OTAs winding down, minicamp next week. You know, DP wrote in her story, with OTAs winding down, I thought, yeah, they are, but to the players... They know that the big one is next yeah. week relative to the offseason, the minicamp. Last season, it was nixed. Yeah. They felt like they got a lot of stuff done. They had really great participation last season. That yep. went into that. Uh, but this year, I think they'll be pretty busy next week, and we'll see how it goes. And last year was a, a different animal altogether. Around the league, there was a very – there was kind of a concerted effort to not go to OTAs, right, right, <laughs> players. because COVID was still a factor yep. in going through all that. And the so, Colts did nothing, right? Colts did nothing. That's 49ers, amazing. I think the 49ers didn't do anything. So yeah, there was a lot of that across the league, but it feels like kind of uh, back to normal, if you will. So mandatory minicamp. Not only have OTAs winding down, they're done. Yeah, the uh, OTAs are done for 2022, which is kind of sad. But then again. Has anybody ever been able to discern the difference between an OTA and a minicamp practice? It's practice. Mandatory. I know, I know that. That Other than that, though, they can't have pads in yeah. minicamp. It's the same thing. It's just another practice. Once upon a time, could you have pads in minicamp? I'm sure no. way back in the day. No, maybe. I don't think so. No? I don't remember when minicamp became a thing. You know, when I was in Miami, the Dolphins called it quarterback school. Quarterback Ooh. school, yeah. which was basically OTAs with right, another right. name. Right. OTAs is weird. Everyone always asks me what it stands for. Organized team activities, which could be anything. Right. It could be like, we have paper mache today, and we're going to do water balloons. But Organized team activities. It's just practice. Yeah. We're talking about practice. Practice. We're talking about practice. Not the game. Not the game that I die for, but practice. That was great when Ted Lasso yes, borrowed the Allen Iverson stuff. He makes so many great references. They do, the writers, and it's yeah. fun to monitor along. Yeah, Sadekis did a tremendous job. Somebody on the on the Twitters mm-hmm. had taken the video of Allen Iverson and the video of Ted Lasso and would play about a 7 to 10 second snippet of Iverson and then play Ted Lasso. And then go back and forth That's and show right. how close, if not dead on, it actually was. It the, was incredible. The guy who plays Roy Kent said season three is going to be the last season of the <gasps> series. They're going to wind it down. Yeah, they're done. Why? I don't know. I think they Such feel like they've show. done everything they can do. But I feel like but they I appreciate could, that. I can yeah. appreciate that when you feel like you've gotten to it. Like, hey. I think two season two was very different from season one, yes, and it was so. still very good. But season one, I thought, was a really bold television move in that it really did focus on positive aspects of right. things. And season two does as well, but not quite as much. Right. And they make some really esoteric movie references. Yes. But I thought season one was as good as it gets. Yeah. The Coach Beard Night Out, which I know is a reference to. It's a movie called After Hours with Griffin Dunn that nobody saw except right. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And apparently they had written 10 episodes 
But, again, apparently, Apple TV had wanted 12. Right. And so that was one that they came up with. They as, reached. As, yeah, they, they reached for that particular one. The other one was the one of my favorite episodes, which was the Christmas episode. Well, that's a great episode. I loved that episode. Apparently, that was kind of a thrown as well. Like, well, what are we going to do? And they came up with the, I thought the Christmas episode is one of my favorites. Uh, so somebody I play golf with at my Vander tournament, benefiting junior achievement, Greg Vesey, uh, he said, he told me before I saw it, he said, that's one of the best episodes in the history of television. I loved Any it. kind of episodic yes. television. I thought, what? Yeah. So my expectations were high, but they were largely met. That's really phenomenal. It stuff. was really a great episode. I remember watching it afterwards going, that's one of my favorite, if not overall favorite episode of Ted Lasso. It's just, it was tremendous. It Somebody was. brought up, a, I think it may have been, I'm trying to remember if it was Landry that, that brought this up, or maybe it was Sean and Seth that brought this up, talking about Tiger King. And it made me think about it, because Lasso came out March or April of 2020. Oh, it did. Right in the middle of the pandemic, and it really was this positive beacon, like during the pandemic, and we're all at home, and can't see each other, and can't see anybody unless you're going to the store and you run into somebody at that point. It's just, I mean, we all know how tough it was. And all of a sudden this show comes on, Ted Lasso, and everybody's binging it because what else could you do? But I think I think it still held up. Oh, they were yeah. talking about Tiger King and whether did we just fall in love with it because it was during the pandemic and we had nothing to do. A little of both. I think Tiger King would still be strong, but the pandemic made it yeah. nuclear. Yeah. It just went off. I never saw it. I never you saw never it. saw it. I never saw it. It's very watchable, yeah. especially the first few parts. Yeah. It's very watchable. And it took off. And then they did an episode where they recap some things and interview some of the people. That yeah. wasn't very good, that final little episode. They just yeah. did that because they knew everybody would watch it. But, yeah, it was it was entertaining, and it's real, and it's not positive like Ted Lasso. There were some things that came out during the pandemic that were just – I mean, the last didn't the last dance come out during a pandemic? It did, and it was dynamite. It was great. great. Ted Lasso that, came out during the, the pandemic. They actually sped up the release of yeah, the yeah. last dance yeah. because of the pandemic, right. because everybody was home well, and needed need sports. Something, man, give us not something. having sports. And then it delivered. And wow. then it delivered. Remember the first, the oh. Bayern oh. Munich, whatever it was, that Bundesliga. Yeah, there's uh, nobody in the stands. And that was the first sports I saw. I knew yeah. South Korea was playing baseball, and I saw maybe some Twitter highlights. <laughs> but on my big screen, it was the first sport I saw with no fans in the stands. And I thought it looked so strange and creepy and weird. <sighs> and then two months later, I'm totally used to it. NFL games yeah. are happening that way. But, hey, look, the NFL, they weren't starting their season as the pandemic, well, they did as the pandemic was going on, but not right away. Right. They had the advantage of not having to stop their season, right, right. like baseball and basketball. So the NFL could sort of read and Ugh. react. And the NFL did a great job of getting its entire season in, but it wasn't easy. How about how many people are in a car right now screaming at us about stop talking stop about Stop talking about pandemic? It's, it's hard to think back to. It's hard for a lot of people. And it was only for a two lot of years ago. We're talking about reasons. literally two years ago. I know. Ago. And, and two years goes like that, but it just feels like. Uh, we've gone through gone through hell in some way, shape, or form. Titus Howard will join us in the show. No better segue into Titus Howard. Uh, I don't know how I did that, but Titus <laughs> Howard joined the show. He talked to Drew Doherty about a lot of things. Titus became a new dad, not a new dad, a dad again, as he had a second child just recently. That's why he missed, I think, the OTA practice we saw last week. But Titus will join Drew, and we also have Philip Dorsett. It's all about the you. Going to join DP City a little later on. But before we go any further, we know that there is a story that is out there pertaining 
to the Texans. And as Mark and I have said many, many times, when it comes to legal situations, we don't know anything. We have no business opining on it, so we won't. We'll let everything play out and let it be as it may. But Mark, last week I wrote about, well, two weeks ago, really set the scene. Two weeks ago, I started on my quarterback. I always look at the opposing quarterbacks and kind yeah. of c- compare and contrast the roster of quarterbacks. And that really kind of started in 2020 because when you look at the Texans quarterback opponents right out of the gate, it was Mahomes, Lamar, Ben, Kirk Cousins. Now, look, you can say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins has gone to three more Pro Bowls than a lot of quarterbacks have. Right. So you throw Cousins in that mix, and it's like bang, 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 bang. Like, wow. So from that point, I've always looked at the quarterbacks and tried to figure out, okay, what's this roster of quarterbacks? Last year, when you looked at it, it was almost all first-rounders. That was the thing that stood up. There was a ton of first-rounders. Number one overall, you were going to face Trevor Lawrence twice. Kyler Murray was number one overall. Matt Stafford was number one overall. Baker Mayfield was number one overall. So you had five games against number one overall. So that was kind of the theme. This year, it was kind of like, yeah, there's some number one overalls. There's one quarterback that's won a ring, Mahomes. Uh, two, sorry. Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Uh, but really, it's not kind of the roster that we've seen in quarterbacks before outside of what you're facing in the AFC West. So it's a, it's a little different this year. Well, that got me thinking about non-quarterbacks. So last week, I put together the Harris 100, a different version of the Harris 100. Right. The Harris 100. Branded Harris 100. Yes. Yes. Non-quarterbacks the Texans will face. Now, there's one thing that I I chose not to do with this one that I would not do during, you know, doing a draft one. And that was I didn't rank 1 through 100. I just split them up into three categories. Here are the top 10 players, non-quarterbacks the Texans will face. Here's the second group, basically 11 through 20. And then I had the remaining 80, and I did that by alphabetical order and by position. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You really went to work on this thing. I did. But <laughs> as I was going through, you know, I, I my my initial thought was to do 50 because it was a daily brew. So I'm like, you yeah. know, daily brew. 10 would have been fine. But then as I started, <laughs> well, then I was like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through each game, each yeah. team, and then just pull down the guys that I think – bother me right that we've got to face and i found out i had 82 and i'm like okay that's more than 50 so let me just get to 100 so i went back through and i was like okay i was debating this guy okay he's in i was debating this guy okay he's in but the top 10 came pretty easily except for there was one change i ended up making and as i look back what was that change i'm glad i ended up making that change well that's what i ask you the top 10 Mm. i want to get your thoughts on this these are in alphabetical order Okay. Starts with Devontae Adams the Raider. Devontae Adams of the Raiders traded from the Packers. He wait, he's number one or is this alphabetical? It's alphabetical. Okay. Joey Bosa of the Chargers. Okay. Miles Garrett. King Henry. Okay. These are non quarterbacks. Tyreek Hill. Fine. Travis Kelsey. Fine. Quentin Nelson. Eh. What do you mean? Eh. Listen, your offensive lineman uh hatred has got to stop. 
Okay, it's, it's not got hatred. To, it's got to stop. It's misunderstanding. <laughs> it's lack of respect through ignorance. People ask me to evaluate the linemen. <laughs> I don't know. Are they pushing the other guys out of the way and creating big it's gaping holes for running backs crazy. to go through? That's how I evaluate the line as a group. But, okay, well, let me ask you this. Sidebar. Okay. Colts. Here's yeah. a GM. You, it's an expansion draft. You right. get to pick any player on the Colts. Anybody. Quentin Nelson. What? Over Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. Quentin okay. Nelson. You got to win in the trenches, baby. All right. That's what. Really? Yes. I know you do, but. You have to. Darius Leonard. Okay. Jonathan Taylor. I mean. Quit. I mean, DeVorce Buckner. I mean, I would probably take Kenny Moore above a lot of guys. I love Kenny Moore. I, I think Kenny do. Moore changes the defense in a, in a heartbeat. I know you do. I love that dude. I hate facing him. I mean, look, taking Quentin Nelson over Darius Leonard, over DeForest Buckner. Hey. And, of course, over Jonathan Taylor. I just feel like, and, and this goes back to, uh, we. I had this discussion with Brandon Scott. And I think I don't know if you and I were talking about on the air or off the air. We are talking about Carlos Correa. And you look at Carlos Correa, he's going to make, what, I don't know, whatever he got with the A twins. gazillion dollars. Yeah, he was going to, let's, let's just call Correa an eight. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's more than that. Maybe he's eight and a half, nine, whatever. But let's just say he's eight. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. And yeah. Pena's a what, six and a half? Yeah, and Pena's a six and a half. Well, you thought going in. Yeah. He's a six and a half and a seven. He's a rookie. But, 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 he's a six and a half, seven. Well, you're you going to pay him peanuts because he's a, he's a young player. Right. Whereas Correa, you're going to have to shell out $35 million. Yeah. And you're going to get to an eight, eight and a half. And so, dollars are better spent. It's not so much dollars, but can I get a running back to give me 80 to 85% of what Jonathan Taylor gives me behind Quentin Nelson? Yeah. Because if I take Jonathan Taylor and I stick him behind a line that doesn't include Quentin Nelson, is he rushing for 1,811 yards, which is what he did last year? Well, with, would, what would be interesting is take the entire schedule, every opponent, top player, regardless of position, yeah. on each team. Mm-hmm. And in the AFC South, right? Yep. On the Colts, it's not the quarterback. Correct. On the Titans, it's not, not the, the quarterback. quarterback. On the Jaguars, it's really not the quarterback yet. Who is the best player with the Jaguars? I don't really have one. But I, I guess you could say him. But if that's it, yeah. if that's the best player right now. Right now. I mean, he might really blossom this year, year right. two. I get that. And if Doug he does, Peterson, one of those receivers is going to blow up too. Right. But as of right now, it's an ensemble if there ever was one. Right. I don't know who the best player on the Jaguars is. That's really. hard. That's I know who I draft for the future. But I'm saying right now you're playing them this weekend. Yeah. Who's their best player? Kirk? I don't know. So that's a weird deal. My point is this. On all of the teams in the AFC South, the best player is not the quarterback. Right, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And if it changes here where the quarterback does become the best player You're on the team You're in a good here, situation. Yeah, great situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll continue after Quentin Nelson. Micah Parsons, the hybrid off-ball linebacker, edge rusher. Is Jeffrey he, Simmons from the Titans. Is Parsons a better player than Dak Prescott? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Expansion draft. Absolutely. You have you you pluck one from the Cowboys. You don't have a quarterback yet. Is Parsons your first now, guy? I mean, the, the the equalizer is you don't have a quarterback. Okay, if I don't have a quarterback, I I more I have to go with Dak at that point. All right, let's word to. it another way. On a draft board, just total evaluation. Okay, here's one: Ryan Tannehill or Micah Parsons. I'm taking Parsons. Well, yeah, and I guess Dak too, right? Yeah. We'll All right, there Dak, you go. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons mm-hmm. and the aforementioned Jonathan Taylor. So in the division, I have Taylor and Nelson, Jeffrey Simmons and Derrick Henry. So four from those 
two are in the top teams ten. Are in the top ten the Texans of face all the Texans opponents of non fourteen opponents. Fourteen opponents. Four of them come from this. So you're not necessarily division. picking from every team. What? So no, what picking te- from every team. I mean, you're not picking one per team because it's only ten. Correct. So what? Notable teams had no players selected. Aha. Chargers. Good. No, Bosa. Bosa. Uh, so Raiders, Chargers, uh, Chiefs, Dolphins, Titans, I'm trying to think, uh, Cowboys. So there was no Commander. Mm-hmm. There was no Eagle. No, I'm getting to a few of those guys uh, in the next 10. No Commander, no Eagle, no Giant. No Giant. So it's the you know NFC East. Uh-huh. No Jaguar. Okay. So that's four. Fair enough. Um, no Bronco. Okay. Um, where no do Bear. I, and no Bear. So no Bronco. No Bronco. Okay. I thought about Justin Simmons. Now, again, this is non-quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I thought about Justin Simmons at safety. I thought, man, that would be that would be a pretty good one. I thought about Bradley Chubb. I gave – I you know, there is a Chubb in the second 10, mm-hmm. but not Bradley Chubb. So, that – and that was one I – that was one I debated. The one that I – the one that I debated the most was, and in fact, when I did this – I didn't put Miles Garrett in the top ten. I think I fell prey to what people in Cleveland are doing, and I and I cautioned against that, so I had to make what sure. What are they doing? I think they're they're basically poo pooing what Miles Garrett is doing. Miles Garrett is sixteen sacks last year, and seventeen TFLs, and game changing plays. But the people in Cleveland, oh, he's number one overall. He should be having twenty sacks a game, and he should already have won twenty twenty rings. And I got on podcast that I did last night. We got a conversation about Reggie Bush versus Mario Williams because one of the things that's coming up in this next draft are a couple guys that look like Reggie: Bijan Robinson from Texas, Jameer Gibbs from out Alabama. They look like Reggie. They play like Reggie. So it got me thinking: where would Reggie Bush in this draft? Where would he fall? And so that ooh, interesting. Yeah, in this. Next year's draft? In next year's draft in 2023, where would Reggie Bush get drafted? Having done everything he did at USC. Yeah. Where would he be drafted? I think it would be a really interesting – and that was kind of what it hit me. I was like, this is a pretty interesting case study for what we're going to be looking at for Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. How would the college football universe change, by the way, had Pete Carroll put Reggie Bush in instead of Lendale White to pick up that much-needed first down for well, USC? here's where Pete screwed up. He should have had Reggie and Lendale in the game. Right. At least make them think about right. Reggie. I never understand that. And then that. run Reggie in motion and get him out of there if you don't want him in there. That'll pull one guy out of the box. I mean, with all due respect, I never understood taking Andre Johnson out in goal line situations. Um, when you have some other receiver in there. I, well, we're not going to throw it to you anyway, so we're going to put you in on this play. Yeah. This is not youth league. Andre Johnson in the game, even if you're not going to him. Right. I've got to respect that. And they will respect him if he's yes. on the field. The same thing with Reggie. So. What that did was we got into conversation about Bush versus Mario, and I had said, "Yeah, it felt you know. Look, they both had careers that were good. Mario's was probably a little bit ahead. The one thing I said was the expectation for Mario because he was number one overall was that he was going to be a dozen sacks per year every year. He was going to dominate and take over games. Right. I don't know if Mario ever got to that point, and obviously in 2011 he was, I think, on the way." But then he gets the peck injury and he's out for the rest of the year. I think Miles has done that in Cleveland, but he just hasn't got enough respect. But I did not have him originally. I had Max Crosby from the Raiders in the top ten. And then I thought about it a little bit more. He's and then I was good. Like, he's very good. 
He's very good. And now he's with Chandler Jones. And so then I went, no, you know what? Crosby didn't have quite the year Miles did. And even though Crosby, I think, is a more polished rusher and a better rusher off the edge, I'm like, man, Garrett's numbers were incredible last year. I got I to go with Miles. And so I put Miles in there. And then I thought, well, wait a second. Is Bosa more dangerous than Max Crosby? And I debated that in my mind for like, back before. Well, yeah, yeah, Bosa's a little bit more dangerous. So I'm going with Bosa, at least for this year. But I think Crosby is definitely on his way to being in that top ten. Here's another sidebar for you. Number one picks in the draft, non-quarterbacks, who in the league right now, or even the last few years, would you be happy with their performance as a non-quarterback number one overall pick? J.J. Watt, that would have been great, right? Yep, yep. Oh, definitely worth it. Aaron Donald? Definitely worth it, right? Yes. Non-quarterback. Yeah. Is there a run- Derrick Henry? I guess so. But, yeah. you know, why'd you pick a running back? But, well, look. Right. Now you see why. He's MVP yeah. caliber. Taylor, possibly. Yep. I know people would think you're nuts to do it. Right. But I'm saying the performance would equal that worthy of a number one overall draft pick. There aren't too many guys, Johnny, non-quarterbacks. Even the quarterbacks themselves. Right. There aren't too many that you would say, oh, yeah, definitely worth the number one overall pick. Yeah. It's a strange slot to be in. It's a, How many yeah. defensive players have lived up to that kind of value? Not many. So Garrett is doing what he's doing, which is outstanding. I think Garrett, I think you what do you put- expect? Like you said, you can't get into the backfield and, and get a sack five times a game. You know, I, you can't do that. Right. I think Garrett is probably the closest one to being successful. I think it's going to be interesting to watch Trayvon Walker now with Jacksonville and how that fits. I think Trayvon I Walker hope- is going to be a heck of a play. A heck of a player, but mm. the expectation of, look, that dude was number one overall. I had I'm, to pick up all of them. And then, of course, if Hutchinson turns out to be a dude, like we think he's going to be in Detroit, and Walker is good, but not all. Oh, oh they're going to hear it oh, like crazy. Man. You're kidding me. I think if Walker excels, I really want him to demand a trade. I think that would be very good <laughs> for him to force a trade out of Jacksonville. Thank you. So in the second 10, mm-hmm. no Jaguars. But I had two more Colts, so I've already had Quentin Nelson and Darius or Taylor. And, uh, Taylor. and Taylor. So you went Kenny Moore and, Dar- and Darius. Very good. You read me like a book. Yep. Uh, so two Colts. I had two Chiefs. You had two Chiefs. You See, you're never going to get these because non-quarterback. You had Kelsey at first. Yeah, but you'll never get these because they're on the offensive line, and you have hatred for the offensive line. Which has been established at some point today. So you picked a couple of Chiefs linemen. Thank you. Congratulations. All right, who else? <laughs> Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Uh, the rest of the group, A.J. Brown, we still face him. He's with the Eagles. Uh, I said there was a Chubb, Nick Chubb. And I yeah. thought after I did, I was like, should I put him in the top ten? I was like, no, I can't. I No, I felt good about that. Uh, Max Crosby, we mentioned. Creed Humphrey, uh, Darius Leonard, Cleo Mack, now with the Chargers. Uh, Kenny Moore, who I love. Clements High School's own Rashawn Slater, who we didn't play last year. Uh, because he, oh. I believe, had COVID, so he did not play against us last oh. year. Trey Smith, offensive guard, second-year offensive guard with the Chiefs. He's a dude. Uh, and then Jalen Waddle. Waddle's good. Those, those were the ones. As I went by position, you know the one position that I think the Texans – and the one position the Texans face this year that I look at and go, other than what they face in the division, I look around and go, eh, running back. Here the, I mean, obviously Chubb is tough, and we got to face Henry and Taylor. Okay, that that's rough, right? But the best ones I could come up with at that point after that were Austin Eckler. I was going to bring him up. Antonio Gibson, the Commanders. He's pretty good. Kareem Hunt. I mean, you're going to get Chubb or Hunt. So you're going to get right. You know, 
so Josh Jacobs of the Raiders can be hit or miss. Let me throw a wild card in there. Suddenly healthy and rejuvenated Barkley from the Giants. I thought long and hard about it. Somebody tweeted out a bunch of highlights, like his five best plays ever. And when you look at that, like a golfer's five best shots, even my five best shots would be pretty impressive in a highlight reel. Best ever. But Barkley's best runs, you're like, Oh gosh! Yeah, like that could be a big there, problem for people. But that's, but he can't reach that level because of injuries and whatever else. But maybe this year is the year, Johnny. Maybe so. They've added Evan Neal the offensive line. I didn't put him in there because it was one of those like I want to on a guy like that. I kind of want to see it. Some guys you can forecast. Mm-hmm. Some guys you can't. I just he's been in the league long enough, and there have been some home runs, but man. There have been a lot of strikeouts. There's been a lot of injuries, and I, I think that's really what held him back. Did I tell you I got a letter from a listener, and it was an actual typed-out letter, wow. and it was also CC'd Cal McNair, mm-hmm. I believe Nick Casario, yep. Greg Grissom. Yep. You know, I'm on there, obviously. Right. And it was a long explanation, this is pre-draft, of why the Texans needed to draft Evan Neal. And the guy uh-huh. – said, just like Costner in draft day, write a little note to yourself <laughs> that says, Evan Neal, no matter what. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I'll remember that. We'll see how this thing goes. Yeah. The position that I think is the the strongest that the Texans will face this year is, is a battle between wide receiver and out on the edge. It feels like everybody's got somebody I mean, who's it, dangerous. Yeah. I mean, wide receiver, I mentioned Devontae. Tyreek, uh, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown. Then you've got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams of the Chargers, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Terry McLaurin, Mike Pittman Jr., Hunter Renfro, the Raiders, Sterling Shepard, Devontae Smith, Cortland Sutton, depending on how you classify Mike Gesicki, depending on how you classify Darren Waller. Holy yeah. cow. Problems everywhere. Wow. Now, the edge guys are pretty good, too. And I mentioned Bosa, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby already. Josh Allen, Jaguars. Bradley Chubb, Clowney. Randy Gregory, Broncos. Chandler Jones, Raiders. Harold Landry, Titans. Marcus Lawrence, Cowboys. And Gakwe, Colts. Ogba, Dolphins. He played really well. This is why the NFL is 10 times better than college football, as great as college football is. Yeah. The names you're just rattling off. Every week you have to deal with these these crazed guys guys on the edge. And you have to figure something out, otherwise you're going to be eating dirt. And who had the most sacks of anybody the Texans will face? Robert Quinn from the Bears. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last more year. More than Miles Garrett. And more than Miles Garrett. Maybe we should have put him in the top ten. But, yeah, he's he's the best that the Bears mm. have going in. Now, Robert Quinn will more than likely face Titus Howard plenty when they meet in week three in Chicago What's Titus Howard have to say about Robert Quinn? Well, not much. But what did he have to say about being a new dad, getting into a cold tub? Drew Doherty found that out, and you will hear what Titus had to say next on Texans All Access. More Texans Radio is on the way. What if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider? At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care, offering you everything from flu shots to well woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Texans Radio is back. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. From the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, I'm your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. And had a really fun uh, first segment talking about the Harris 100 best non-quarterbacks the Texans will face. I don't think Robert Quinn will move into the top 10, but maybe should have been in the top 20. I don't know. But he is going to be tough to face. The edge rushers on the schedule, my goodness. And sometimes you get hit with a 1-2 combination like the AFC West you're going to get. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. You're going to get hit like that all year long um, You know, in, when you face the AFC West, except when you face the Chiefs. Now, they're not, not there yet. George Carl Loftus and Frank Clark aren't quite uh, what those other groups are. Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, but still pretty good. Now, unfortunately, on Tuesday, Deshaun Hamilton, wide receiver for the Texans, was injured, and the Texans have subsequently waived the injured player, that being Deshaun Hamilton. Now, just it's semantics, but you have to go through that if you're going to go to IR. You have to be subject, subject to waivers. I think somebody can claim me at that point. I don't know if, if somebody would because the guy's injured. More than likely, Deshaun Hamilton will go to the IR so he can uh, rehab that injury and get back. But it was just such a shame to see him go down. Now, it was reported, I think in a couple of places, that it was not an ACL tear, but it's still going to take a little bit of time for Deshaun to get back, and hopefully he'll be back before the season starts. So he goes on IR now, and in comes Chad Beebe. Now, if you are of my demographic and you hear the name BB, you automatically recoil like, Ugh, Don BB. No, no relation, right? Uh, not so true. Chad BB is Don Beebe's son, played in Northern, uh, uh, Northern Illinois, excuse me, and then played for the Vikings, had a key cut, touchdown catch, I think in a COVID game, so 2020, I believe, to end the game, maybe it was against the Lions, but Chad BB is now added to the roster, 5'10", 187, been in the league for four years. The son of Don Beebe, former Buffalo Bill, who was always a big part of the Bills, beating the Houston Oilers way, way, way back when. But these are the Texans, and this is Don's son, Chad. And I would imagine Don Beebe is somewhere wearing a Houston Texans hat right now for his son, Chad Beebe, who is added to the roster as we speak. All right, it's time for our one-on-ones, and we're going to start with Titus Howard. It's a lot been made about Titus this offseason. He's going to play tackle. Are they going to give him the fifth-year option? I think the answer to both those questions, yes. I believe he's going to play tackle. He's been at tackle throughout OTAs. I'd imagine on it this season that's what they're going to want to do. And he did have the fifth-year option exercise. Those two big things out of the way. Oh, and another big thing for Titus, his wife just had – their second baby just recently. So, yeah, Titus has got a lot going on. He's a heck of a player. Well, he sat down with Drew Doherty for a little Drew's Dozen to talk a little bit about all of it right here. Drew's Dozen time with Titus Howard, a new father. So first things first, congratulations. You look fresh as a daisy, man. You just got off the practice field. I don't see bags under your eyes at all. You're getting some sleep? Hey, I'm making the best of what I can. Hey, as a father, you know, we can't complain. We just had to go out and work. Same with being on the field. Just go out and work. We can't complain. What's the toughest part of a newborn baby? 
Uh, really just getting accumulated to going from like getting a lot of sleep to less sleep. I got an 18-month-old daughter, getting her used to being, you know, around her little brother and stuff like that. But for the most part, I think me and my wife been transitioning pretty good. I think we got this thing in the bag. Got in the bag. I mean, you're you're a veteran now. You got two. And does the 18-month-old, she she cool with the little brother? She's kind of like in between. How's it going? She's been doing pretty good. We've been trying to get her off of a passy, but when she see him with his, sometimes she'll try to think it's hers. She'll try to go take it from her. But other than that, she just really just walk around and be like, baby, baby. So I think she's like actually like realizing like it's another baby in the house. Yeah, and for the record, you can keep her on the passy for another. You know, I know you want to get her off, but that's a good thing. It's, it's a pacifier for a reason, right? <laughs> You're right about that. Them days when she don't want to. Be quiet, you just get a passy and stuff, and, you know, uh, passies work uh, wonderful. As a big guy, in a really hot environment like this, how do you beat the heat after practice? What I do is I go back inside, I sit down, I hydrate as much as possible, try to, you know, cool down. Some days I go ahead and get in a cold tub, depending on if we have a leg day or upper body. But like I said, I got to go back in, I got to hydrate, I got to eat, refuel my body so that it can be able to heal properly. Because if you ain't eating, you ain't drinking, your body's not going to heal properly. So I got to go back in and do that as soon as I get back in the locker room. When you hit the cold tub, do you just get in and you don't say anything? Is it just really easy or do you still let out a, a shout? Now it's easy because the quicker you get in, the easier it is. When you take your time getting in and you're thinking about it too much, I mean, it gets colder and colder. But So I just go ahead and walk in. What's the reaction when you take your time, though? I mean, whew, it's cold. But and I learned from uh, when Nick Barber was here, sometimes I just go in and go all the way under, put my head on the water and stuff like that, and it kind of like give my body a shock and like everything get used to the cold water. And you look like a psychopath and you scare everybody around you, don't you? Everybody around me. Who has the loudest and worst reaction getting in the cold tub? Mm, I got to say, to be honest, it's not just one person. I think all the DBs. You know, like little guys, they get cold easily. You know, as big guys, we we got a little more, a little more on us. So, those those smaller DBs, I think all of them once they get in, they be having socks on and put the little covers over their toes and stuff like us big guys. We just go ahead and just get in the water. It's like it's nothing. Like the socks are going to do anything at that I'm point. I'm telling you, it's not going to do much. What are you eating these days? What's your go-to dish that you cook? That you're cooking? That I cook? If I'm going to cook, I probably do like a Cajun style catfish or a blackened salmon. With probably like a rice pilaf or a cauliflower bed, some green beans, probably some carrots, some mushrooms, something like that. Right now, because you're trying to eat healthy, you're trying to keep your body fat down and get ready for the season because it's going to be a long season. Sounds good, though. It sounds like a Papado's dish. I mean, you, oh, yeah, Papado's ain't got nothing on me. Real? Oh, strong words. You, you hear that, Papado's? You, you have nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap things up. Would you rather be the mightiest squirrel in the world or the meekest fire breathing dragon in the world? Mm, that's a tough one. I mean, but I'm all about being mighty, so I'll say the squirrel. All right. The mighty Titus Howard. Mighty the mighty Titus, Titus that kind of... That sounds good, too. Did we, we just might, coined something? Hey, we might just say. Hey, we might just made something right here. I'm telling you. Mighty Titus Howard, thanks so much for the time. This has been a Drew's Dozen. Sir. Yes, Drew, thank you for the funky music and all Titus Howard, who, if left at tackle... Hopefully that's going to be the case this year. I think Titus can show and will show what he told me right after the Chargers game. I happened to see him in the hallway on December 27th. It's like one of those things you remember the date because they beat the Chargers the day after Christmas, which is the 26th. So the next day on the 27th, I happened to see him. He was coming out of the hallway, uh, out of the locker room. I was walking out of the cafeteria. 
And I just happened to catch his eye, and I looked at him, and I just didn't even say hi. I just said, like riding a bike. And he just looked at me and said, my best grade of the year. And that was playing left tackle against the L.A. Chargers. Now, there was no boast to that day, and, of course, they'll have to face Khalil Mack. And these tackles, Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard, are really going to have their hands full against these edge rushers. But Titus going into his fourth year, I got a lot of trust in the young man that he is going to take those strides. And he is going to be a big factor in the run game. I think a tackle, he can really, really cause problems for edge protectors or edge rushers in the run game with the way that he can get, move them off the football. So looking forward to that. Now, another guy who will play a big role and played a big role in that game against the Chargers back on December 26th is one Philip Dorsett. He's one of those guys that, Mark and I do this segment called Don't Forget About Me. He's one of those guys that fit really well into that segment because we sort of did. After that Chargers game, he ended up getting hurt. Uh, maybe been, It may have been during that Chargers game he got hurt, and the Texans missed him the last couple of years. So from that perspective, we sort of forgot about him. We talked about Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. And they got to maybe find one in the draft. And, of course, they drafted John Mechie. But, hey, man, don't forget about Philip Dorsett. He's looked really, really good in his OTAs. Well, D.P. Sidhu did a little deep slant with the man from the U, Philip Dorsett. It's a deep slant one-on-one presented by Xfinity. Joining me, wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Year eight, correct? Eight, yes. It's been a while. I mean, I, I remember my rookie year, and uh, it's flown by. I would say that. I'll say last year you joined the Texans. You were with three teams last year. Mm-hmm. What a whirlwind. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, the Texans, you were really starting to pick up steam there at the end. How do you hope to build on that here this offseason? Yeah, uh, just like you said, just building. Um, just just continue to just grow, get better as a player, get better as a person, and uh, just stack the days and go day by day just worrying about focusing on just getting better at what I can do and just, just keep grinding. We heard from Andre Johnson a little while ago. He said that just watching Davis Mills from last year to this year, he's seen an improvement. Oh, yeah. What have you seen from the quarterback, and how has the chemistry come along with you too? Uh, I would say he's it's definitely improved. I mean, he's getting a lot more comfortable out there each day. Uh, he's growing as a leader, and um, he's getting better as a player too, obviously. And um, I mean, we're learning each other, and uh, we're just coming out here every day. We're just trying to get better and um, put a put a better product product on the field this year. All right, you've got Pep Hamilton. He was on staff last year. So, what's it like being in his offense? I mean, I see a lot of misdirections. You running around. Looks like you're having a lot of fun out there with your role. So, what's it been like making that adjustment? Uh, I would say he lets his players play. I mean, he lets his uh, he has his playmakers. He knows how to use them. There's no square peg round hole. I mean, he he knows what guys do well, and uh, he tries to exploit that. So. It's, it's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait to just go out there and just play. Speaking of what guys do well, Lovey Smith said he thinks you're the fastest guy on this team. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, everybody's competitive. I mean, obviously, you, you ask all the fast guys, they're going to say it's them. So, obviously, I'm, I'm going to say it's me. But I would say uh, it's a, it's a toss-up between me and uh, Brandon. Oh, okay. I like that. You're so humble about it. I mean, everyone's – I mean, I've seen you out here. You're pretty fast. How do you work on your speed? Were you like a track star or something back in the day? And how do you – I mean, it's year eight. How do you yeah. keep up with these some of these younger guys? I get on the track every off season. You got to get on the track. I mean, if you get on the track, you stay in shape. Make sure you, you're running your 400s, 300s, 200s, and your sprint work. It'll, it'll stay there until father time tells it to go. But I feel good. I feel, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life right now. And um, I feel like I'm still getting faster. All right, I'm intrigued by this off-season workout. So you're out here doing OTAs. So when there's no OTAs in session or no training camp, what are you what are you doing out there? Give me like a like a schedule of what your day looks like training. Okay, uh, so I wake up, obviously eat breakfast, or sometimes I'll I'll go and run before I eat breakfast, and then 
after I run, I come in, I lift, and um, I work on the body, and then spend time with the wife for the rest of the day, I would say. <laughs> and when does the track work come in? When are you doing your sprints? Oh, early morning. Before I lift, I would say I like to run first. So I'll probably run, I'll get on the track probably twice a week. And um, one day on the football field, I would say I'm doing more running too. But uh, most of my stuff is just running because that's what we do. We run all day, so you got to stay in shape. Got to stay in shape. All right, Phil, pleasure to see you. Best of luck here the rest of the offseason and look forward to seeing you in camp. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Looking very forward to having Philip Dorsett in a full training camp. Because if we get in training camp and preseason and regular season with what we see in OTAs, get really interesting and exciting with Philip Dorsett with the Houston Texans in 2022. All right, we get back. We'll go around the NFL. Lots of news. A lot of things happening. We'll try and touch on it all next right here on Texans All Access. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. What destinations are on your financial checklist? A new home? A new savings account? Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. You can feel it right now. You can hear it. It's all around you. It's the air we share. As the world's number one air conditioning company, Daikin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all. Where we work, where we play, and where we grow. Because at Daikin, nothing is more important than perfecting the air we share. Daikin is a proud sponsor of the Houston Texans, and we're hiring. Visit DaikinLovesHouston.com. Calm. Calm. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. We got one final segment this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, your host. Glad to be with you. Football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Big thanks to Philip Dorsett, Titus Howard, DP Sidhu, Andrew Doherty for those one-on-one. Some fun stuff there from them. Like I said, the first segment, know that there is a story out there uh, pertaining to the Texans. Um, and everything that has been going on, it is a legal situation, and it's not something that Mark and I have ever, A, felt comfortable doing, B, felt compelled to talk about, and C, won't talk about. So uh, if you want to follow up with that, I'll let you uh, follow up on your own uh, if you choose. Now, last night we went around the NFL. The big news was Aaron Donald was signing a massive deal or a massive upgrade of his deal that he already had giving him, I think, about 93 or $94 million in new money. So Matt Stafford got a big uh, extension. Aaron Donald got paid. They brought in Bobby Wagner. They have been paying guys left and right. And they also have the Triple Crown winner, wide receiver Cooper Cup. Now, he might be the best value in all of sports. And he still might be after signing an extension which is coming, and it does appear that it's going to happen. That Cooper Cup is going to sign a three-year deal in the ballpark of $75 million. And so the Rams will have given Aaron Donald $94 million. They will extend Cooper Cup three years at $75 million. They've already extended Matt Stafford. Holy cow, they are running this thing back. You know how you play a uh, ball in the playground? And you're like, hey, let's run it back. Let's run it back. Well, the Rams are running it back, and maybe not just for a year. This is for a few years. Now, 
the first thought I know a lot of people have, what about the salary cap? And look, there are some teams that know that they are manipulating the salary cap right now for a present run at a championship and will pay a big price for it much, much later when they're not of championship quality. That will happen. It's called, as Andrew Brandt put it today, it's cash over cap. The cap hit, for example, Andrew Brandt wrote an article about this on SI.com. The cap hit for Matt Stafford this year is like $13.5 million, but the cash that he was paid out was like $61 million. So you got to recognize all that at some point. So there's $48.5 million cash over cap that's got to be recognized. Now, some teams will make a habit of doing that. As Andrew Brandt pointed out, the Cowboys, one of those teams. The Rams, one of those teams. But there are other teams that are like, no, man, that's not a good way to do business because that gets, that gets you in the end. But if you've got a team primed to win it again like the Rams do, well, go for it. Go chips all in. And that's what the Rams have done. And I have gone chips all in on this show. Big thanks to Chris Santiago, to all of you for listening. Mark did a great job in the first segment. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepies at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Mattress.